Welcome to Fable and the Verbivore. I'm Fable, Beth Stedman. I'm the Verbivore, Laura Johnson. And this is a podcast for writers who love to read. Readers who love to write. And anyone who loves words. words. All right. So today we are talking about the differences between magic and science. Kind of that fantasy and sci-fi and technology and where those things interact and overlap or or where they might differ. And as we talked about in the episode on science fiction, they're really underneath speculative fiction. So I'm going to give the two different definitions for for fantasy versus science fiction. And then we can play with the in-between. So fantasy is a subgenre of speculative fiction involving magical elements, typically set in a fictional universe and sometimes inspired by mythology and folklore. Its roots are in oral traditions, which then became fantasy literature and drama. Science fiction is a subgenre of speculative fiction, which typically deals with imaginative and futuristic concepts, such as advanced science and technology, space exploration, time travel, parallel universes, and extraterrestrial life. I liked those because yeah, those are good. They they seemed pretty definitive. And yeah. then, if you watch um, N.K. Jemisin's um, great masterclass yeah, on fantasy one. and science fiction writing, mm-hmm. she kind of then talks about how, yeah, you can figure out what's really you know within one and within another. Like we can probably say that Star Trek and mm-hmm. all of how it focuses on the technology to do something and an explanation for something. Even if it's fantastical, there's usually a mechanism. Yeah. Um, Maybe when it gets to like beam me up, maybe we're getting a little (laughs) magical, but still it's just a sliver. It's really on the science fiction side. Star Wars has lots of technology, but when we start then talking about the force, Sure. You're moving to the magic side. (laughs) It really gets into that, you know, yeah, they kind of try to go back and do metachlorians and talk about that. But really, it feels like space wizards, as someone once said. (laughs) And I think it's true. It's that there is an unknowingness about it. Like the rules feel like they are dynamic they aren't knowable in that clear, yeah. clean innovation technology scientific way. kind of yeah. way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, well, and I think Star Star Wars is also interesting because it also has some of those other elements, like like that in that definition, like those elements of myth and folklore and kind of yes. traditional storytelling that come into play. So when you really stop to think about it, it does feel much more like fantasy, but set in space. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and it's funny because in the special that I referenced last time um James Cameron is sitting down and talking you know in James Cameron's story of science fiction with George Lucas and they're kind of having an argument (laughs) over if this is science fiction which George Lucas has always said this is basically a space opera this is a fantasy it is grounded in myth and it's funny how James Cameron kind of keeps being but and and I think I agree with him a little bit with that because I think that there are elements that you're like oh that feels very science fictiony but it is more in the fantastical it's more in that myth that that element of the hero it 
it feels like it's more there, even though it's set in space. Like, yeah. <laughs> Well, and all of this is a spectrum, right? Like you have Absolutely. stuff that's like hard science on one side, and then you have like total fantasy on the other, and then you have things that kind of fall in between. Like, I, I feel like Aurora Rising is another one that feels like it's kind of right in the mi- middle there. Um, like that series feels very fantasy-ish, but it is in space and there are some things that are explained and it kind of has this crossover. And I think technically it's often genre as a why sci-fi, but I think there are a lot of those that kind of fall right in the middle there kind of like Star Wars. (laughs) Absolutely. And I think, so one of the ones that we've talked about and that we both read is Interworld. Yes. And it's, it's funny because it's actually called a science fiction fantasy, which I love. I've been hearing that term a lot more like science fantasy as a genre. Mm -hmm. They're like, we're not trying, like we're not trying to to separate it out because literally it's, these parallel universes that are all along this kind of crescent Mm -hmm. that have differing levels of magic and science some Mm -hmm. of them are on this very strong spectrums of one versus the other and then some are kind of on the in-between I love how they explore that they pretty much um this is Michael Reeves Neil Gaiman and Mallory Reeves um Michael Reeves daughter who wrote the three of them And they play around with that. They didn't decide to play by any specific rules. They have this place where they go to that's like abstract, (laughs) non-dimensional. It works because of the rules of the world. That Mm -hmm. is, it's a little of both. They're just playing and they're having fun with it. That's why I like looking at it from that Venn diagram perspective is that we don't have to choose. Like we, we don't have to be like, I'm in one camp or I'm in another. Like there is that interplay between those things that can be really fun. And even yeah. seeing how those things actually, they can switch into one or the other. There's this great Arthur C. Clarke uh, quote that says, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic for instance I have this phone if I were to be transported back into history Mm -hmm. pretty much before these were created people would think I have magic because I can turn on you know music in the other room I can lock you know potentially lock my doors I could do things that you could not do so Mm -hmm. it looks like it is magic. What I really like about N.K. Jemison's masterclass is she came back and actually said, if that is true, that any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic, then the reverse has to be true. That any magic which is sufficiently systematized is indistinguishable from science, which uh-huh. then puts us in a very awkward place because... <laughs> Because how do you f- define something that literally kind of could falls be into that squish <laughs> place where it's like it's magic, but there's lots of rules and you know how it works? Like, oh, that is science, right? <laughs> like, do we like just sit awkwardly in that paradox? I think that's very much what we have to do. It's kind of sit awkwardly yeah. in that paradox. We will be talking about kind of comics later on, but mm. that. Those worlds sit in that paradox all the time. Yeah. I mean, we have Doctor Strange and Thor 
Doctor Strange right. being, you know, a sorcerer. Definitely magic. Definitely magic wielder. We have Thor, who's the stuff of mythology. Right. And then they have tech, you know, technology within right. <laughs> that kind of universe where you have the guardian who feels like it's, you know, definitely something that has been created potentially. Mm-hmm. But then you have Loki, who, again, magic user, who mm-hmm. that feels magic-y. And then on the flip side, you get into your Iron Man, where you right. have all of those inventions for things. And I think realizing that we already sit in a world that very awkwardly kind of sometimes plays with those dynamics, even without us really even knowing it necessarily or mm-hmm. sitting with it can be fun and fascinating yeah Um, six of crows i think does a decent job with that when we look at the ability to control someone else and control like the mind control and you know how it's done and how it's described could really fit within kind of both those boxes because yes it feels like magic but then it's kind of taught and it's there's all these abilities to kind of change it and it's almost described as a science like how they talk about it from a what the different elements are of it um it it feels like it plays one wonderfully with those two things Hmm. because those lines can be so squishy I don't tend to like putting something in one or the other of the genre based on whether it's magic or science or based on technology or like science-based and more based on like story structure things because I think something there is a very distinct difference in my head at least between something that feels like it's structured like a fantasy and something that feels like it's structured like a science fiction um or like that asks the questions that fantasy usually asks and or asks the questions that science fiction usually asks and and those are distinct and I think I like why like that's something I like in the definitions that you shared like that fantasy tends to be more that oral tradition that myth that folklore like it tends to touch on some of those things and you see a lot of those same elements played with in the the structure and the storytelling of fantasy and science fiction tends to play with a little more of the psychology and sociology and like what does it mean to be human and those kinds of questions and so that creates a very different type of story often you know like does that make sense absolutely I think when we understand those differences when we understand even how they can be used yeah we can do interesting things with them by kind of playing with expectations by putting an element of it you know signaling what type of story it is we want because if we sure if it is so far outside of the expectations for a reader that can be very frustrating sure um and I think it can be something that it's hard for you to find the person who this book is for right but once you have an idea of what it is you can play with that like there are no rules except the ones that Mm. we make ourselves and we can bend and break those things that maybe you know we're telling a fantasy but maybe we need some piece of technology to do something maybe it's not that we want it to be in a way we want clearer rules maybe when asked different questions so i think exploring those things mm. can be fantastic and then playing with them i i know that 
again, N.K. Jemison was talking about how I, I believe it was the fifth season that she was talking about that she basically decided to call it magic, mm-hmm. um, something that was in play. And it hadn't been signaled to be magic, but she decided that that's where it needed to go. And so she then went into that direction, even though it wouldn't normally fit within the story Tropes the rest of the series the is considered of, yeah. more sci-fi and, right but yeah. she decided to play with that and I think mm-hmm. realizing the potentials there yeah I don't know about you but I think from a definition categorization standpoint I stick with the author like the author yeah. knows what this that makes sense mm-hmm. and I think sometimes having someone come to you and then say this is this there could then be a misunderstanding or a misreading of it. I think it's Nady uh, Akorafor who wrote Binti that we've um, Mm. both read. She has talked about her work and that for a while it was being pushed into Afrofuturism. And she said, but it doesn't have all those markers of that. So she Mm basically came up with a category to define it that she feels is more appropriate called African futurism. And I think recognizing that when an author tells us what they believe their work to be, that it's important to listen to what they have to say there. I know that we've talked about Mexican Gothic before, and she has a very clear categorization for it's a horror Mm -hmm. for her that's very clear we've talked about it as you know it can fall into all these different Venn diagrams it's speculative it could go here it could go there but following what okay the author knows what it is like Mm -hmm. the author can define it if it's a science fiction fantasy if it's science fiction if it's fantasy whatever the intention I think was is more important than what I think each individual yes. reader's takeaway is. Sure, we sure. can own it and enjoy it however we want, but kind of paying attention to that intention. Yeah, that's a, such a great point. I think sometimes I'm not always sure what the author would categorize it, and, and yeah. I think some authors don't come out and say. You know, like a lot of times, yeah. I think the publishing house or the individual bookstores who decides where a book goes on the shelf, and some of those Absolutely. lines can get really fuzzy. Absolutely. Well, and sometimes it comes down to marketing, right? Like where they think it's going to sell. Yeah. And, and I think all of that is fine. It's part of that (laughs) conversation. Um, And, and really, you know, I think paying attention to, we do write books so that they sell and so that they make money. So sometimes you might disagree or you might be like, oh, this one is categorized here. That's, that's really weird. Or that, Uh doesn't make perfect sense. And, and there's a lot of thought and care that goes through that. Yeah. Maybe in addition to the, the author themselves trying to figure it out. And I, I would say there's sometimes where it could fit into multiple categories. So you're, it's just a, what feels like it fits best. Yeah. For sure. Well, thank you for joining us as our as we explore science and magic. Um, we hope that you keep reading lots of different books in lots of different categories and looking out for these crossovers and where where things might mesh and blend and people might play with um, 
a little magic and a science fiction <laughs> and a little science and a, and a fantasy. Um, yeah, keep reading, keep writing, keep putting your work out into the world. And thanks for joining us. Thank you.